Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Amplify Peace podcast. I'm Julie Bean, your co-host, along with Lisa Jernigan. And on this episode, we continue our conversation with Dr. Carolyn Wu. And this is a part two. So if you miss part one, go back and check it out. You won't want to miss it. And also in part one, there's a full and complete bio on Dr. Carolyn Wu. But just in short, Carolyn is the president and CEO of the Catholic Relief Services, which is the official humanitarian agency of the Catholic community in the U.S. And this is after a very distinguished academic career at Purdue University and Notre Dame, where she served as the business school dean. And in this episode, she'll talk about her experiences as a leader and sitting around the table with leaders around the world and advice for us as women leaders. So let's listen in to Dr. Carolyn Wu and Lisa Jernigan. So you, you raised a question. Um, so from your, your culture background, and, and just your lens and your life experience, you, you sit on some, around some pretty powerful tables and you've had, you know, very high places of leadership um, in the world, not just like in a local level, but in the world. Um, what has been some of your greatest challenges as, as leading in those environments? With all of that, and you know, you, there's certain expectations that have been placed on you. There's certain labels that have been placed on you. What has been some of your greatest challenges with that? And then, second part to that, how would you speak into women as like something to help them overcome that? To go, I do belong at this table, or I do belong here. There's a place for me. I am intelligence. What is something you would just advise women that maybe they could change in their life to just to be able to embrace that? Yeah, so I always say two or three things. The first thing is I think women get frustrated when they feel like they are dismissed in different ways. And there are different ways that women are dismissed. Sometimes, you know, they are uh, extended courtesy, but then nobody really take what they say seriously. It doesn't lead to anything. It's just courtesy. Uh, you know, so there are different ways that women can become invisible even when they are at a table. Uh, I am still one of those who raise my hands before I speak because I don't like to speak over other people. You know, I know people, younger generation now more comfortable, uh, but I always feel like it's important to not talk over people. So I still raise my hands, those type of things, but I have several things to say. Uh, the first thing is when you get frustrated, be more patient and be more uh, gentle in your accusatory mind. You know, there are all sorts of names you could give men uh, when they are not as engaging with women or don't take women as seriously or not as solicitous, that sort of thing. The reason is that I think that for me, uh, I grew up in a Chinese culture where it's very, very, very paternal. But my father knows, knew everything, and my mother supposedly knew nothing. Uh, if my mother had an investment idea, my father would say, oh, you are women, you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, so, and there's this chair that is my father's chair. Nobody else could sit in it, of course, right? And... Uh, so it's very paternal. I come from a Chinese culture, so I understand that. 
The Catholic Church also has a paternal culture. I've worked with a lot of priests and bishops, and so they're very comfortable. But I've also worked with high-level church people where they prefer to talk to a man rather than talk to me, like they didn't know exactly how to engage me. I've also now learned that when men need to ask a favor, they like to ask a favor of another man. There is a certain speak somehow. They don't come out and say, I need your help. But there is a certain code of exchange. So when men need to ask a favor, I think uh, they like to talk with another man, not another woman. So in the Catholic Church, I've experienced that. And I've gone to a lot of other cultures, religious cultures, I've been in Muslim cultures. And men and women in some of these rural areas, this is not always true and not always true in urban areas, but in rural communities, men and women are very separated. Um, And because I'm the president, um, they sometimes don't know where to put me. And it's quite interesting. Um, And, uh, you know, I cover my head, I try to be respectful. So I just want to say, first of all, these things cut across different cultures. Um, Number one. Number two, I am somewhat patient with that because I think that, you know, if, if you are in a paternal culture, you can't just be in your face mm-hmm. and just sort of challenge them because people need time to make that change. Uh, you have to help them. You know, if there's a person who would rather be more comfortable speaking to a male colleague of mine, I pave the way for it. Because mm-hmm. I just want them to be comfortable talking to someone uh, because then we could solve a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I try to, you know, I get my male colleague, my COOs, a man, and to step up to say, you know, so-and-so has something that I think that he wants to share. Would you be sure to attend to him? So I think that type of respect and sensitivity at first to give people space uh, look, you know, in some cultures, for example, where girls are married off very, very young, and you don't, you don't just go in and say that's the most terrible thing to do. You need to stop it right away. And I'm a woman. Let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. Well, you could do that, but it would lead to no good. So I think the second thing is to have some sense of understanding that some of these things are hundreds of years old, uh, that it needs to change but it cannot be changed in a hard way. It comes with respect. It comes with understanding. It comes with like to understand how people change. So sometimes you may have to approach uh, elders and leaders of that community. You may have to kind of educate the religious leaders first because they are the one who could talk to the men. So I would say that those two things are important. But the third thing is, you know, I people sometimes when they speak, you know, and they go like this and so and so forth and conversations move and, you know, you lose your time. But I never have difficulty now uh, when people want to wrap a conversation and I would say, excuse me, but actually I didn't have a chance to say this. These are my thoughts and I just want to raise it. Hmm. So, you know, I have my own way of uh, putting my thoughts in. Uh, I have two more points and that is always be prepared. You know, do your work. Uh, if you're going to give a point, make sure that, you know, that point is well thought out, uh, that you have reasons to propose that. Because it's not because I'm a woman that I'm proposing this, is whatever, it's because I have a logic 
behind why this needs to be raised and raised this way. And the final thing I said is, do not look for belonging. I think belonging is overrated. Feeling that you're different, feeling that you don't belong, feeling that, you know, you may be an imposter. All of those things, you know, the need to belong, to be affirmed. I think sometimes you give into that. And the reason you are there is not because you're the same as the other. Uh, it's not because you could do everything well. You are there because people value a different perspective. You are there having been vetted. You didn't just, you know, get invited to a tea party. I mean, you've, when you are in certain situations in your work, you know, or on a board or for whatever reason, it's because you have been vetted and you are there for what you can do. You are not there for what you cannot do. And, you know, um, don't seek affirmation. Like I said something, did anybody agree with me? Why didn't they say anything? That's a waste of time. Say something because that's important to you and to the problem at hand. So those are my, some of my thoughts on this topic. <laughs> those are great thoughts. Okay, this last one. Oh, Lisa, not- I want to add one more thing. Okay. I grew up in a culture, Chinese culture, where faith is very important. Mm-hmm. Like you always have to give people faith. You don't, you know, say, oh, I disagree with you. What you just said was really stupid. Or I disagree with you because you don't know, you know, what you're talking about and you don't know the situation. Um, so I think that Asian cultures, I used to think Asian cultures are better at that, but now I could think all cultures value faith. And if you give people faith, you said there is something I need to say, but there is a certain way I say it that does not immediately discredit the person. I will have a better chance of being heard. So it's pragmatic. You know, if you want to be heard, don't start with an arrow. You know, your arrow just causes people to say, out, 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 you know. But more than that, I think respect uh, and civility is very important. Like, you know, just because you want to say something, don't take away all the space from the other person. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we learn to communicate in that way, where we respect people, we don't just, you know, tear away, you know, what gives them, you know, their comfort we can go further. Mm. Beautiful. I mean, some of these points I I have to think about even that one, do not look for belonging because we are so taught. We long long for belonging, right? We long to belong. And so I'm like, whoa, okay, I got to think about that. And because you were, you were there because you have been vetted. You are there for what you can do. It's realizing why you're sitting at this table, but do you not think that that requires, because, I mean, we all have these feelings. So do, does that not just require a certain confidence in a person? I mean, you have to be at that certain place where I'm, I'm very confident why I'm here. I mean, how many people can really, um, I, I don't even know how to unpack that. Do you know? Uh, oh, I would say, you know, there is a benefit of getting older. I would say the first half of my career, belonging was everything. It yes. started wrong. But then, you know, as I gained some success and so on, uh, you feel a little bit more confident. You know what you bring to the table. You know a certain way of uh, certain approaches that tend to work. 
and then you start letting go. It's not automatic. It's not just because you have now more successful, you know, you will be able to do that. Because as you're more successful, you go into another tier, another level of engagement where you still don't belong in that tier. And, uh, and there's social uh, dimensions, there's, you know, professional dimensions, you know, people have clicks and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so I would say, but after my first half, um, I decided that, you know, I go into so many situations where I'm just sort of like the odd thing standing out. You know, I'm Chinese, I'm woman, I'm oftentimes, you know, in situations where most of the other people are men. Uh, I've been selected as chair of different things where the majority of the members of the board are men. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, and I'm not naturally brave. Um, I will myself to be brave. I challenge myself. So I would say, Lisa, this need for belonging was sort of one of those things that as I grow, um, you have to step back and address yourself. And, and I do. <laughs> I, you know, come away from situation where sometimes I don't feel good. You know, I have a knot in my stomach and I actually debrief myself. Why do you feel this way? Mm. At what point uh, did you get a sense that perhaps you were dismissed, you know, mm. and uh, where you felt like whatever you said, that there was no receptivity to it. So I named the point when it happened and I said, you interpret it this way, mm. but your interpretation is not correct. So you say something and nobody else said anything after that. You didn't know whether they agree, disagree, or they just tolerated you, or they thought that was a good point. So I said, well, I don't know. You know, they didn't indicate whatever it is. It's my own need to hear people agree with me that I have this feeling. And this is an indulgence. You actually... If you know, live long enough, you also know that what you attribute to other people is seldom, you know, the right attribution. It's too self-focused in that attribution. They may not be thinking about you, period. But, you know, so, but I do then challenge myself and I say, why are you here? You're here because your expertise is X. And sometimes when you feel like in process, a conversation took place, you say, I have difficulty following this conversation. And then I asked myself, which part of it did, what part of it did you not follow? And then I said, well, is that something that you need to learn? Um, or that is just, you know, some dimension that is part of the picture, but not necessarily your picture. Then there are times you say, oh, you better learn this. You know, you don't know that yet, but that is something important to learn. So there's a lot of sort of self-addressing. Um, and I didn't have a choice. I left home when I was 18 years old to come to Purdue University. I had to process these things on my own. Um, but I think having decided that, you know, I don't need, you know, affirmation. Is not, but if it's not there, it's not going to bother me. You know, that sort of thing. And I started asking other people. Um, I said, do you ever feel like you don't belong? And I tend to ask people who would be, quote unquote, the in-group, mm -hmm. right? And they also have the same feeling. It's a universal feeling, actually. Yes. Yes. 
it, you know, it's so funny you say this is such a great conversation. I know this is going longer, but this is so good. I don't want it to stop. Um, but just talking about that, I, I was at a training uh, years ago and they divided us all by personality types, like the head people that, I, that were more in their head would sat at a table, people that were the mouths were over here, people that were hands that served in serving industries. And I was part of the mouth part, you know, we, we talk. And so <laughs> um, one of the questions was, what is something about you that people perceive that's not accurate? And what I remember some person, one person at the table said, I feel like everybody thinks I'm right in the center of everything and like of the party, but I, I feel very disconnected and like I don't belong. And every one of us said, so do I. And I said, I feel like sometimes I'm like on the outside of a building looking at my life through a window. Like I feeling, I feel separated. Like I'm really not a part of it. Right. And so I think this is so true. We need to have these conversations to go, I'm not alone in this. This is part of processing our own story and going, okay, it's okay to not get that affirmation. It's okay. And I love one of the things you said is um, I will myself to be brave because we would see like you and go, oh my gosh, but you're an exception because you're so brave and you're so this. And when you say, I will myself to be brave because I'm not brave, that is so freeing and gives so many other women and people permission to go, this is okay. This is part of, you know, of what it is and the emotions I feel. I think it's what they say, being comfortable in your own skin. Yes. I think Absolutely. it's a choice. It's a very, it's, it's not like, oh, someday it just happened. I think it's a choice to acknowledge who you are and uh, accept yourself and find joy in that. I'll give you a little example. It just happened a, a few nights ago. There was a panel of women for International Women's Day. And this was at Purdue University by Zoom. And there were three women uh, who were the panelists. And I was one of them. And the other was a alumna who got a PhD in civil engineering. And now she is the president of a university in Indonesia. So I think I'm the oldest. I think Dr. Rainey was a generation behind me. And then there's a younger generation, a person who graduated not long ago. And she is a rapper. You know, she has incredible rap and they're very socially oriented. You know, it's about social justice. And her name is Rosa. And at one point Rosa said, I thought when I looked at the, uh, your bios and you're both doctors and I'm not a doctor. And I thought, why would they want me here? I don't belong here. And I had to laugh because I had just said, people have you on something, not for what you cannot do or what you're, <laughs> right. they, they have you there for what you can do. And it was so interesting that, that Rosa, you know, which is, you could understand, wow, those people have those credentials, but she is not there. Uh, as, you know, a, a peer of us, she is there because she's so unique and that she starts a career in rapping where yes. is totally irrelevant. But, but that's, that's what we are. We look at these things and say, well, I'm not that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I am with a lot of women, I often say, I'm not blonde and I have this big chubby face, you know. <laughs> So what, you know, so, but those are the things that you have to deal with. And, you know, if you want to grow and, and celebrate yourself. 
I don't mean in an arrogant way, but in a respectful way that we honor ourselves, that we are holy. Mm -hmm. We are holy because God made us holy. Right. And we cannot just denigrate ourselves. But mm -hmm. anyway. Okay, this is so good. I have to I have to wrap this up though, but I, we got to have you again because this is such great conversation that women need to be. I know that women and men are are just leaning on leaning into this because it's so good. These are conversations that you think about in your head, and I'm like, I wish I had somebody to process this with or talk to about this, and you just did it. So thank you. I want to conclude because a lot of what you just said and a lot that's been woven in, and and we are about amplifying peace is, you know, you're talking about respect and honor and hospitality, which are forms of peacemaking. So I just want to conclude this by you kind of completing the sentence, a peacemaker is. I wrote it down. I said, a peacemaker is one who finds commonalities among people and work towards the progress that enhance all of us, not mm. just one. Such a great distinction, all of us. And we got to think in that way. It's all of us created in the image of God, mutual flourishing. I think that the whole idea of us winning on the backs of other people or winning so that other people could lose, it's just not a good way. Mm -mm. Not a good way. There is a better way. Yeah. We, we got to be a part of creating that together. Thank, Thank you, you, friend. Thank you so All much. right, Lisa, you wow. have a good day. Welcome back, everyone. We hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lisa Jernigan and Dr. Carolyn Wu. And what great advice. I certainly could relate. I'm sure you could too. As she shared about sitting around the table with leaders at the highest level in all different environments, in a religious environment or a government organization or uh, cultures, um, community organizations around the world, and how we could relate to that so much as women leaders, where there may be times where culturally, uh, it may be a culture of patriarchy or you may be the only woman in the room and you have those feelings and experiences of feeling dismissed or not respected. And she gave some really good advice around how to approach it, what to think, keeping the right perspective. She initially shared that one of the first things to remember is that this experience cuts across all different cultures in all different environments. Um, so at every level in every area around the world, um, she's experienced these, these same situations. And then also know that it needs to change, but at the same time, um, handling it with respect and understanding. So many of these uh, situations, environments, cultures are long lasting, have a long history. And so being patient uh, and respectful and understanding of that current dynamic. And then in order to be effective, to uh, I loved when she talked about not looking for belonging, which is so um, typical and so common of, in what we do, looking for affirmation and agreement with our ideas. And so um, she just shared, just stop looking for belonging and remember the reason that you're there because you add value and you're there for what you can do and know what you bring to the table. She talked about how she herself isn't naturally brave, but she wills herself to be brave. Uh, 
and that it's a choice and it's a choice to acknowledge who we are and accept yourself and find joy in it and celebrate yourself. She said, excellent advice. Thank you so much for listening for more information um, and about Dr. Carolyn Wu and her work. You can go to CRS.org. And for more information about Amplify Peace, you can go to AmplifyPeace.com and follow us on all of social media. 